This is Dr. Carissa Hines of Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. Information without understanding is not very helpful. Talk with the doctor and feel like you're talking to a friend. Listening live to Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. I am your host, Dr. Carissa Hines. I hope you all are having a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Thursday. It is back to be, it's good to be back on the air with you all. We took a break last week uh, and played a replay of our um, money and medicine segment. And so just to kind of keep the schedule consistent because we do that every fourth Thursday. So, And Mr. Brian Ford of Northwestern Mutual will be back live on the air with us next month for new financial health uh, news and things that you can do to ensure your financial health. But anyway, how's everybody doing? Hope you all are doing great out there. I am doing well myself. Thank you so much for asking, even if you didn't. So here we go. We, as we always do, we start with our show starters, right? Our shout outs. There we go. Sorry. Um, So shout outs to my number one fan. Hello, mom. How are you doing today? Hope you are having a terrific Thursday. Shout outs to Medical Minutes family in Norfolk, Virginia, Virginia Beach, Virginia, Houston, Texas, Fort Campbell, Kentucky, Charlotte, North Carolina, Ladson, South Carolina, Macon, Georgia, Pensacola, Florida, Center, Alabama, Chesapeake, Virginia, Seattle, Washington, Washington, D.C., Centerville, Virginia, Opelika, Alabama, Lusby, Maryland, Newport News, Virginia, Temecula, California, Cedar Bluff, Alabama, College Park, Georgia, Hobbs, New Mexico, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Oxford, North Carolina, Woodbridge, Virginia, Gadsden, Alabama, Hampton, Virginia, Columbus, Georgia, and Memphis, Tennessee. As always, if you tell me where you are listening from, I will shout out your city. You can listen live. We broadcast live from the WWE Real 1100 AM studio here in Atlanta. You can stream this show on www.real1100.com or watch us on Facebook. We are streaming Facebook live on the Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa Facebook page. And so hello to my Facebook family out there. We are a proud part of the Old Fashioned Health Network and this show also streams on the Old Fashioned Health Network Facebook page as well. You are welcome to catch the rebroadcast if you can't catch us live. We are, the show is always posted on our Facebook page and is also rebroadcast at, at various times throughout the week here on WWE Real 1100 AM. You can also find us on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel, Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa, and we hope to be uh, bringing you uh, new material to that channel. As I said, we are a proud part of the Old Fashioned Health Network. We are not only a radio show, we are a movement and also a podcast, and we can be found on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Google, Captivate, Amazon, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Stitcher platforms. Please follow us on social media, because as with everything today. The social media uh, piece is very, very important. And I want to grow this show and I can do that with your help. So follow us on social media, Facebook. We are Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. Please like and share. Uh, We are also on Instagram at Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa and on Twitter at Minutes Doctor. So those are our intros for today. So we are going to be talking about COVID-19. It's still a part of our lives and all of that. 
and what we have to know about it going forward. So as we always do, I give you a, just a little snippet update in terms of the numbers, and we will do that once again today. So this week, we are in the United States with 34.4 million cases, an unfortunate 608.5 thousand deaths. And of course, our condolences, love and support go out to any family that has been affected in this way by COVID, but of course, to all of our families and friends that are affected in any way by COVID-19 because this uh, pandemic has not spared anyone, to be quite honest with you. Uh, in terms of vaccination, we are currently at 69% uh, a rate of vaccine of people who have had at least one vaccination shot. Now, of course, depending upon the product that you have used, um, that does not make you fully vaccinated. And we'll get into that since we're going to be talking about COVID and such things today on the show. Um, we have approximately 163.2 million Americans, eligible Americans, that are fully vaccinated, which puts us at about 50% vaccination rate. So that's why the difference is between that 69% and the 50%. So we are not um, making strides towards herd immunity. Uh, we were doing quite well when the vaccinations uh, first rolled out, um, you know, and I was very, very confident, perhaps overconfident, um, that we would get to herd immunity. And so um, in terms of numbers, we need to be at about 70 to 80 percent of all eligible individuals or excuse me, 70 to 80 percent of a population um, has to be vaccinated in order to um, achieve herd immunity. Uh, and so what herd immunity is, um, because within any within any population, there will be some people who cannot take the vaccine for whatever reason. Um, sometimes there is a medical reason why people cannot take a vaccination. Sometimes there is a religious um, contradiction or contraindication rather um, as to why people will not take a vaccination, but we still want those individuals um, to be protected as well. So once we get enough people vaccinated, um, we can offer a protection, a proxy protection, if you will, um, to those people who cannot be vaccinated. And so we're going to take a brief break. And when we come back, we'll get into this new update on COVID-19. I am Dr. Carissa Hines, your host of Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa, and we'll be right back after a short break. And now an important message from Steve Harvey. This pandemic isn't over yet. We got the vaccines. I got mine. You might have yours. But listen to this. Don't think just because you got the vaccine that you could just go crazy. Follow the current safety guidelines. I know the mask is hot, but you know what's hotter than these masks? Staying healthy. That's pretty fly if you ask me. Let's unite to prevent. For more information, visit unitetoprevent.org. Are your pet's vaccinations up to date? Just for Pets Wellness Center can help keep your pets protected from fleas, ticks, heartworms, and other nasty bugs with the latest parasite detection and prevention programs available. We offer parasite screening and prevention to the most advanced topical and chewable medications. Using our online pharmacy is affordable, safe, convenient, and provides home delivery. Visit our website for more information at www.justthenumber4petsfl.vet or give us a call at 239-270-5721. If I could reincarnate tonight, I would be a chorus wife, cause I don't win this climate. And we are back. We are back. You are listening live to Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. I am your host, Dr. Carissa Hines, and today we are talking about COVID-19. Now, of course, for those of you who have listened to our show from the beginning, um, you know, we did do um, a COVID-19 show. Um, and of course, when I do the segments on the Old Fashioned Health Network with Alvin and Edmund, um, you know, we've talked about COVID-19 um, 
quite consistently from week to week. Um, but, you know, I wanted to, since there are so many new things that are happening with COVID-19, I wanted to dedicate um, a show to that. So let's get into it, shall we? So, um, you know, of course, um, you know, we all know about this Delta variant and, and we'll talk about that and what that means and what it is and, and so on and so forth. So but just to give some some general overview, um, of course, the number of cases um, of COVID-19 are once again on the rise in all 50 states. Um, and so, you know, I have people um, when they come into the emergency room, they tell me, you know, they don't want to go to this hospital as opposed to that hospital um, because, you know, they've got COVID over there. So let me just go on and clear this up. COVID is everywhere. And I'll say it again for the people in the back. COVID is everywhere. There are very, very few places who are not seeing um, a rise. And that is mostly due to um, the vaccination numbers there. So, you know, for communities who have gotten up upwards of that 70, 80 percent, um, you know, they are not seeing as many cases. Unfortunately, here in the southern part of the United States, uh, where our vaccination rates are, if I may be honest, abysmal, um, you know, we are seeing um, the number of cases um, surge once again. So here we are um, right back in the same place where we were this time last year, if I'm being quite honest. Um, and so what does that mean when we talk about um, a surge, right? So for us, we are looking at the next you know, trending these numbers and looking at what's happening and what we pre predict will happen or could happen over the next six weeks. And what we are seeing, what the scientists are seeing is that we will, within the next six weeks, if we do not turn this thing around, we will be back up to 200,000 cases a day um, of new COVID infections. And so, you know, what that is going to mean is that there's going to be a lot more hospitalizations uh, because a lot of people will be sick. Uh, and unfortunately, that's going to result in an increased number of deaths as well. So, you know, because that just kind of goes hand in hand, if you will. So as you have an increasing number of infections, the deaths will increase. Now, will those deaths get to the the epic numbers that we saw last summer i don't think so um, and the reason that i don't think so is because um, people are getting vaccinated and so if you haven't figured out by now um, this show is going to be a heavy push towards encouraging people to get vaccinated um, because so when you have the same uh, a larger number of people who are vaccinated, that means that there is a lesser number of people who potentially could get infected. And so just looking at just plain math, um, you know, that means that you won't have as many deaths or percentage And the percentages may be, um, you know, may be there, but the actual true numbers of deaths um, you will not see. And that is why when we have reported the number of deaths, we've been kind of holding steady in the low 600,000s um, over these past couple of months because of, um, you know, the number of people being vaccinated. Now, um, with being vaccinated, does that mean that you cannot get COVID? No. Um, you know, we are seeing breakthrough cases, what we call breakthrough cases, and they're called breakthrough because the infection is breaking through the protective barrier of the vaccination very, very low numbers, though. So I don't want anyone to hear this little snippet and say there's no need in getting vaccinated because you can still get the virus. Well, you could still get it anyway, um, because the vaccine is not designed to prevent 100 percent of you getting the illness. What the vaccine does, it helps to boost your immunity so that your immune system can try and fight it. So that way, if you do get sick, you don't die. Okay, that is the whole purpose of vaccination in, the, in this case, to prevent death. Now, if it ends up preventing illness, that's great. That's a bonus. That is the icing. The cake is keeping you out of the casket. Okay, so... What is the harm in being unvaccinated? Of course, being unvaccinated puts you at risk for illness. 
um, and it also allows for mutations, um, these variants that we have heard about, right? Um, so when we talk about at risk for illness, of course, COVID is still deadly. And the more variants or the more mutations that you have, this virus gets smarter and smarter and smarter every time it changes. So you will have people who will get sicker faster and they will be more severely ill. So, you know, for my work in the emergency room, I am seeing an uptick uh, in the number of COVID cases that I'm diagnosing as new cases. Um, the majority of those people are unvaccinated individuals, um, and some of them are very severely ill, uh, resulting in being intubated and in the ICU and, and that kind of thing. And of course, um, you know, the sicker you are, that of course increases the risk that you will actually die from uh, from this illness. And so, you know, I know that there are um, a lot of people who are still on the fence about getting vaccinated for a lot of different reasons. Um, and, and we can talk about that as well. Now, in terms of deaths, 99% uh, of new COVID deaths are in unvaccinated people. 99%. So if you are unvaccinated, you really are taking a tremendous chance um, with your health and with your life, particularly if you are still going out, um, you know, if you are not adhering to masking guidelines, if you are not social distancing and so on and so forth taking a tremendous risk. Um, you know, I was watching CNN uh, a couple of weeks ago and Dr. Sanjay Gupta made a statement that really made me kind of stop in my tracks. Um, he was saying that with the, the new Delta variant, that this really wasn't an issue between vaccinated and unvaccinated, that it really would be an issue between unvaccinated and infected. That that is the, that was where the new focus of this battleground um, would be. And and so I'm like, you know, that's, wow. You know, that, that's just a whole lot to take in. So when we talk about um, these variants, right? So let's talk about, let's take a step back and talk about how and why uh, viruses mutate to begin with. And so when we talk about these variants, they really are mutations or changes uh, in from one to the other. Um, and so mutation is an adaptation in order to improve survival because everything that lives wants to survive. And so if it has to change a little bit to in order to ensure that survival, that is exactly what it does. Now, when we have... Um, people who are unvaccinated and who get infected, um, that allows for that virus to learn how to mutate because viruses need a host. They need someone that cannot live on their own for a long period of time. And so they need a host. In this case, human beings are the host in order to replicate themselves and in that replication, sometimes they will have a mutation. They will change and become somewhat new, right? So if you want to, then these are not becoming, like this is still a coronavirus, right? Um, it is not becoming a totally new entity, um, but just changing a little bit. So for example, I'll give you an example that you could probably relate to. So I'll, I'll use myself as an example. I changed my hair color. Right. So I am a natural brunette. I have brown hair naturally. But one day I decided to change my hair color and now I'm blonde. But I am still me. But I'm just kind of a slightly different me because my hair color is different. And that is the same thing that these viruses do. They change just ever so slightly um, to ensure their survival. And the more hosts they have, being unvaccinated people, then the more opportunity they have to uh, replicate and change and become new. So when we talk about variants, um, the Delta variant is the one that is getting all of the attention right now. Um, and it, I'll tell you just a little bit about it. 
um, it grows more rapidly inside the cells. So someone who gets infected with the Delta variant will have up to a thousand times more viral load than with previous um, previous variants. So it replicates a lot or copies itself faster and creates more viral particles within the host. That makes it more transmissible. So it, when we talk about an ease of transmission, so when we say something is more easily transmissible, well, of course, if you have more viral particles, when you cough, that droplet will have more viral particles and therefore can reach more people, right? Um, anybody that comes into contact with that, with that respiratory droplet. So, you know, that means that the Delta variant is two to three times more contagious than previous, um, than previous uh, variants. The Delta variant is now the dominant strain of the virus, accounting for up to 80% of all new COVID cases. Um, adults under age 50 are more likely to be infected. And once a person becomes infected, they become infectious two to three days sooner. So here, so here is the, the cake here, right? So not only is this virus copying itself faster, and in copying itself faster, it is producing more copies of itself in a shorter period of time. That makes it more contagious for those who are in, infected or, or more, um, yeah, more contagious. And then for those who are infected, you become sicker sooner. So in previous iterations of this, it would take about six days before someone would start to show, uh, start to show symptoms and before they could pass the virus on from one person to the next. Delta has cut that in half. So it is not taking as long for it to spread and that is why you are seeing the surges because it's happening faster right so more people are being infected in a shorter period of time but um and so you know someone on facebook asked me um uh, you know i put out like what would you like to know about COVID, right and so someone asked you know are there other variants and the answer to that question is yes and so here we are um, when we talk about the Delta variant, and the reason that we talk about that one is because it is the most dominant one. That does not mean that it is the only one, right? It is just the one that is of concern now because we're seeing it so much. But there is also the Gamma variant, um, which will be the next on the scene, I predict. Um, it is labeled as a variant of concern. So the way the CDC um, categorizes their three categor categories for this, right? So there is the category of this variant exists, but it's not really doing a whole lot. Um, there is the category of this is something that is happening now or that is becoming dominant. And then there's the category of this is something that is of a variant of concern, meaning that this has the potential to take over to overtake the current king, if you will. Right. Because, again, these viruses want to survive. And so if I have to take out the dominant variant so that I can become the top dog, then that is what I'm going to do. And so these viruses, as they are mutating, are getting better right? Better at being what they are. So the gamma variant is the variant of concern now. And so we are watching and tracking that in terms of, um, you know, how many infections are happening with this particular variant. But there is also in existence, the IOTA. So the following are variants, I'm going to call these all off and they all have Greek alphabet. IOTA, Epsilon, Kappa, Eta, and Zeta all exist and all are being tracked. So the longer this, this virus is allowed to mutate and be around, there will be these variants. And so, you know, I hope that answers um, that question from Facebook, um, you know, about, you know, these things. And, you know, the other question is, someone asked me, will this go away? Short answer, no. Um, 
having eradication of a virus is very, very difficult to do. It has been accomplished in medical history. And so, um, you know, I am old enough and, and we may have you may have parents, aunts and uncles that are old enough that they have a little scar on their arm. Right. And it looks like a little indentation with a whole lot of dots um, in it. And that is their smallpox inoculation. And so the public health response to smallpox, the smallpox was killing people like, you know, millions of people. And so, you know, medical science came up with the vaccine for it and enough people got it that no one gets smallpox anymore. So I am not immunized against smallpox, and a lot of people aren't, because the virus had been eradicated. That becomes difficult nowadays because, as we see with this current vaccination push, a lot of people don't want to be vaccinated for a lot of different reasons. And I'm not here to shame anybody, um, you know, as to what their reasons are. I'm just talking, just talking facts. And then you have people who don't believe in the vaccines. You know, that whole anti-vax movement makes it difficult to eradicate viral illnesses nowadays. So me personally and professionally, I don't think that we will have a time where we're not dealing with coronavirus. I think that it may get to the point where enough people have either been vaccinated or infected that it isn't the the big deal that it is now um but i don't see that happening anytime soon um so so that there there's that now when we talk about um a couple things so i'm trying to decide how i want this conversation um to go and it's a lot easier when i'm having a conversation with someone else as opposed to just talking to myself, essentially. Um, so, you know, the next question that somebody asked me was about, um, you know, what can we do to protect ourselves at this point? Of course, the number one thing is getting vaccinated. So if you, you know, speak with your medical provider, if you are eligible and a candidate to have the vaccine and you don't have any contraindications to having it, I strongly encourage you to get it. Um, you know, as I have said, I have shared my vaccine um, journey with you all. Um, and I'll be honest with you, I was vaccine hesitant when, you know, 20, what, 2019, 2020, um, you know, when they were talking about these things, you know, I was hesitant. And I'll tell you why, because the political climate at that time was such that the motivation was not saving lives. It was political expediency. And I had um, tremendous concerns about the pressures that were being placed on medical science and on the scientists and the companies that were developing the vaccine um, to yield to that political pressure. Um, and, you know, and there was a lot of money being spent um, on this vaccine. These companies, you know, some of them made, you know, tremendous amounts of money. And sometimes money motivates people to do things uh, not necessarily in the best way. Um, and I'm not saying that that has happened in this case, but what turned it for me, I actually review the data and I think we, we had a show and I'm happy to, to pull that and we can play that again um, for you all, um, where I reviewed the data that Pfizer and Moderna submitted to the FDA in order to get their, um, the early use authorization um, for the vaccine. And it was quite impressive um, and so with reviewing that and knowing what I know, I was like, you know what? Okay, I've seen the data because this is what I said all along that I wanted to see the data. I've seen the data. The data looks good. This is a risk worth taking for me. Um, and I have continued to preach that. And anybody that asks me, I tell them I am vaccinated. My husband's vaccinated. Our child is now vaccinated. Thank goodness. Um, and so, you know, as you are eligible to get it, get it. I, I, I can't can't stress that or not or enough rather. So, you know, vaccination, that's that's the best protection. Right. And even though it's not going to be 100 percent, let me just say that right now. Um, but the Pfizer and BioNTech uh, has shown 88 percent effectiveness against the Delta variant for fully vaccinated individuals and only 33 uh, percent. Sorry, 33 percent. 
uh, effectiveness after one dose. So that is a tremendous difference in your protection because some people are like, I'm just going to get one dose and I'm not going to get the second one. No, you need to get both in order to have the full benefit of this vaccination. Uh, AstraZeneca is uh, touting a 60% effectiveness against the Delta variant. And Moderna and Johnson & Johnson, the studies are ongoing and data has not been produced as of yet. Uh, some people have asked me, do I think that we will have a booster shot? Yes, that is what my, that's my personal opinion. Um, but the experts say that it's too soon to tell because they're just not going to make that recommendation as of yet. However, Pfizer and Moderna are actively working on a booster vaccine, so that should tell you something. Um, so, you know, the, the recommendation of it um, is slow to come, but the product is being made. So that means that product is going to be used. Um, so I, I fully expect that there will be a, a booster um, and you know and it's just going to be like how the flu the flu shot is right so we take a flu shot every year because the flu is different there are different strains or variants um, of flu that come about every year and so I, I don't think that this will be any different um, but I think that you know of course we don't know what the timetable will be and the reason that we don't is one reason is because um, you know, we don't know how long the immunity lasts with this vaccine since it is so new. So we don't know if immunity will last one year. Will it last two? Will it last five? Um, you know, because, of course, as you look back at children's immunizations, all of their immunizations don't happen every year. They happen at various times because of how long the immunity lasts before you need to have the booster. Um, and tetanus is, is a good one. Um, so, you know, we all as kids had tetanus vaccines, right? But now if you cut yourself or have some, some other type of injury where a tetanus vaccination is necessary, we'll ask you, you know, have, have you had one within the last five years or within the last 10? And if you haven't, then we give you the booster because the immunity um, is still there a little bit, but it is not as robust as, as it once was. Now, to mask or to not mask? That is another question that people have asked me. Um, as we know, masking helps to decrease the spread of, of the virus and of viruses in general, particularly respiratory uh, borne viruses. And so I will point out to you all, um, this past flu season wasn't as bad as it had been in years past because we were wearing our masks, we were staying away from each other, and we were washing our hands. Um, those are the three tenets of, of um, you know, stopping the spread of, of respiratory and droplet um, viruses. So masking does help. And so, you know, I'm going to tell you what I do. When I go out in public, I wear a mask, period. I'm fully vaccinated. Um, when I go into the store, um, you know, I am, even when I go out and I've started going out to restaurants now because I, I enjoy doing that, um, but I am choosing restaurants that have an outdoor option. Um, and I choose to sit outside even though it is a bazillion degrees here in Atlanta right now, right? It's just tremendously hot. Um, but I still prefer to be outdoors um, as opposed to to being, you know, all the way indoors um, with that. Now, some cities have, um, and I'm speaking to Savannah, Georgia and St. Louis, Missouri, have mandated indoor masking in city government facilities. Um, and so when we come back from a break, we're gonna talk about um, the role that the government is playing uh, in these mandates and, and what they can and cannot do. I am Dr. Carissa Hines. You are listening live to Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa, and we'll be right back after a break. This is fashion designer Edmund Newton. I'd like to tell you about Enmask.com. Enmask.com is my only source for non-surgical cloth masks. I've teamed up with Enmask.com to create and design a collection of limited edition masks. These masks are washable, reusable, breathable, and most importantly, fashionable. Shop online now at Enmask.com. That's E-N-M-A-S-K-S.com for quality masks made in America. 
be sure to listen to The Wellness Enclave with Dr. Donna Sewell, a podcast that explores emotional health and its impact on everyday life. In The Enclave, we will address emotional health and how it is connected to other parts of your life, such as physical health, relationships, spirituality, and even decision-making. The Wellness Enclave with Dr. Sewell can be found on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. are listening live to Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. If you're just joining us, I am your host, Dr. Carissa Hines, and welcome to the show. We are talking today about COVID-19, um, about the Delta variant and what we can do to protect ourselves um, with this. And, you know, I, I love that song by Huey Lewis in the news, I Want a New Drug. And so, um, you know, before we get into uh, what I left the break, I was talking about these vaccine uh, and mask requirements that are coming down the pike. Um, but before we do that, since um, we talked, that song was about a new drug. One of the questions that someone asked me was, you know, if how is it that COVID is increasing, but the deaths are um, are stabilizing out? And the reason for that is the new drugs, right? Um, so, you know, in the beginning of the COVID pandemic, we had nothing, you know. And I'll I'll just be honest with you, um, you know, being in the ER. We did not really know what we were seeing. Um, it looked like flu, but it didn't behave exactly like flu. It didn't respond um, like flu. And people were tremendously sick and we had nothing to offer. Um, but through, you know, research and development, um, we had, you know, we came up with a, a medicine protocol um, that was helping people um, and you know, keeping people off of ventilators, and then the advent of the monoclonal antibodies as a treatment for uh, COVID-19 has really been a game changer. Um, and so, you know, for some certain people who meet the criteria for the drug, because not everyone can get it, um, you know, it has really decreased the number of deaths from this and decreased the number of hospitalizations. And for those who are hospitalized has decreased the time that they have to spend in the hospital and has kept them off of the ventilator. So that is why you're seeing, even though there's still, you know, the numbers are rising of infection, the death number is not rising um, because we just have more tools available to us um, to help us with that. So you know, if you are infected with COVID-19, um, it is a good thing to ask, um, am I eligible for the monoclonal antibody therapy, um, you know, to see if, you know, if you qualify um, for that. Now, when we left from the break, we were talking about masking and two cities thus far have mandated um, masks in government facilities. And of course, we have seen um, earlier in the week that uh, healthcare workers in the Veterans Administration, um, so if you in the VA uh, system, will be mandated to have the vaccine. And I just saw today that President uh, Biden is making it mandatory for all federal employees to have the vaccine. Now, will there be exceptions to this? Yes. Um, of course, if there are medical reasons that you cannot take this or any vaccine, um, then, you know, that will be a reason. And I am pretty sure um, the religious exemption um, will be in effect with that as well. Now, some people have asked me, is this legal? Now, I'm not a lawyer. I did kind of do a curbside consult uh, with with a lawyer friend of mine about that. And what he was saying to me was, yes, the government can mandate um, vaccination, particularly for federal employees, um, but it can take the overreaching step or overarching arching step, I should say, of requiring vaccination even in the private sector due to um, the public health concern 
um, you know, it, this can't be a thing. The government can't say, I just want you to have this vaccine because I want you to have it. Um, you know, there have to be tremendously good reasons um, for it. So now, of course, there is the um, protection of health and wellness. Um, and, and usually I am a person um, that believes very, very strongly in the tenet of, of self-determination. So in medicine, we, you know, that this tenet of self-determination, what that means is that you as a patient have the right to have something done or not have it done if you don't want it and you don't have to provide any reason other than I don't want it. So, for example, I've had people um, who have refused life-threatening blood transfusions for religious reasons. Um, I have had people who turn down hospitalizations because they, um, you know, don't want to leave their pets at home unattended. Um, you know, and, and all the other reasons in between. And so, you know, I tell people, I'm like, you have the right to make a decision that I, as your physician, don't agree with. And by that tenet of self-determination, I am bound to respect your decision. However, in some, there are some exceptions to that as well. Um, so if you are, um, you know, at risk of harming yourself or harming someone else, then your self-determination can be overruled. And of course, you know, that is a case by case basis. And I suspect that the government is taking the public health emergency stance um, as their reasoning for compelling their employees um, to have vaccinations. Now, people will get up in arms about this because they feel that the government is overreaching and so on and so forth. But I will tell you, um, I remember when you could smoke inside a restaurant and then the government came in and said, no, you can't. I remember riding in a car without wearing a seatbelt. And then the government came in and said, if you are in a car that is moving, you have to wear your seatbelt. So, you know, this has happened before. And again, all in the the vein of protecting the public health. So, you know, it gets to a point where if you don't want to be vaccinated, um, you have the right to not be vaccinated. You do not have the right to be irresponsible in public and therefore infect other people. So if you're going to be unvaccinated and stay at home, that's your business. However, when you come out and you want to go to work and you want to go to concerts and movies and the grocery store, your rights end where mine begin. And I have the right, just like you have the right to not be vaccinated, I have the right to not get COVID because you don't want to get vaccinated. So you see how that, that kind of, um, it sounds kind of convoluted, um, and in many ways, it is tremendously complicated, um, but it is it is a thing. And um, from what I am hearing and reading, um, you know, higher courts are upholding um, this mandate of, of vaccination. Now, of course, we know that what the government does, the private sector will soon follow. And what we are seeing is that some employers um, in the private sector even are requiring um, vaccination in order for you to continue your employment um, or to come into the office building. Now, for those who work from home and that kind of thing, I don't know how that will apply, um, but that is that is what that is. And so, you know, from the private sector standpoint, um, so I'll give you an example, the restaurant industry, if there are no bodies in the restaurant, the restaurant can't make money. And so if people are getting sick or people are afraid to come out and eat because they will be amongst unvaccinated people, people may not come out and that restaurant will not do business. So there is the second motivation um, behind that in the private sector, that it's more one of um, business survival and, and financial um, financial issues, but it is coming. So, um, you know, if you are unvaccinated, you know, you really have to 
um, you know, make some make some choices um, and make some make some decisions uh, about, you know, what you will do going forward. Now, of course, you know, as I have said before, it is not my um, it is not my place, nor is it my purpose to shame or scare anyone to death, um, you know, with you know, trying to to coerce anyone um, to get vaccinated. I always want to um, come to you with data that allows you to make the best informed decision that you can make for yourself and for your family. That is my goal. And so within that, let me just say um, in these last few minutes, um, where, so what to do. So of course, vaccinated or not vaccinated, because of course you can't tell um, who is vaccinated now, although, um, you know, there are are steps being taken to that. You know, there was talk some months ago about vaccine passports um, and some countries, uh, particularly in Europe, are enforcing that where you have to show proof of vaccination uh, or proof of negative testing and that kind of thing in order to come into their country. So more and more, you know, the opportunities for unvaccinated people to participate in their normal lives are being limited. So what should we do, vaccinated or not? Definitely wear your mask when you're going into public spaces. You definitely want to avoid overcrowded spaces. You want to wash your hands. You want to continue to social distance. You want to stay home if you are sick, please. And of course, if you are symptomatic or think you are symptomatic, you want to get tested. Now, where did we get it wrong in the medical community? Because I think a lot of the hesitancy, if I may be so bold um, to say, is because we in the medical community, and I'm not going to call any names, um, have given an inconsistent message. And so it gets confusing and hard to know what to do because we change, you know, all of this. So one of the things that I, I strenuously took issue with was um, when the government said you didn't have to wear your mask anymore if you were vaccinated. Well, that's all fine, well and dandy, but we all know that everybody doesn't go on the honor system. So you had some people who were unvaccinated out there being wild and free, just breathing the air like regular people um, and spreading this virus. And, you know, and I think that that was very that was a very wrong headed um, suggestion to make. Um, you know, I think that that was tremendously premature. And so, you know, I think that you have to find um, a, a medical source that you trust hello, I'm available. Um, and, you know, somebody that's going to give you consistent messaging um, that is based on facts, not based on feelings, uh, and based on, you know, the data and the truth. And that's what I, I hope that I am giving you all, um, not just about COVID, but about everything that is that is a big, um, a big issue with me about being transparent and about being truthful in what I deliver to you all um, every week. Um, you know, that is something that I, I, I stand by and, and will always um, deliver to you all. So I hope that this has been helpful in, in some regard. And, you know, as time goes on, um, you know, we will probably have to do this again. And I'm happy to keep talking to you all about COVID and educating you about it, because at the end of the day, I want all of us to be safe. I don't want anybody else to have to bury their loved ones or anybody else to have to go into the hospital and see their loved ones on the ventilators and, and that kind of thing. I don't want that for anybody else. So please, 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 please. I am not one to beg, but I am going to beg today. If you are not vaccinated, I am begging you to get vaccinated. So that way we all can get over this and we all can be safe and get back to life as we once knew it but just life in general. So we're going to take a very, very quick break. And I think I have two minutes left. Is that where I am? We're going to take a, a quick break and I'll come back with our vitamin C. This is Dr. Carissa Hines. You're listening to Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. Why choose Just for Pets Wellness Center? 
compassionate pet care services featuring an experienced veterinary team to superior customer service in a caring and friendly environment. We offer individual attention and tailored treatment for each pet. Visit our website for more information at www.justthenumber4petsfl.vet or give us a call at 239-270-5721. back and so I'm going to give you a quick vitamin C for this week and the vitamin C this week is about preparedness right because we have been in this pandemic now for what year and a half a little bit more than that um, and it seems that we still don't know what to do so I'm going to give you one quote a couple quotes actually uh, Stephen Ciro says remember when disaster strikes the time to prepare has passed it's a little too late. And another quote from Howard Ruff, it wasn't raining when Noah built the ark, right? So, you know, you have to get ready before you need to be ready. And so how do we get ready in this pandemic? By vaccinating ourselves, by being up on our medical knowledge, and, you know, just by just trying to do the best thing to get over this. And I'm going to close with a quote from um, a philosopher of my life, my grandmother, Dorothy. She would tell me when I was little, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope that this has been a helpful hour. This has been an enjoyable hour for me, as it always is. And until we meet again next Thursday, be good to yourself. Be good to each other. Take care. This is Dr. Carissa. Thanks for joining me this week on Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. Join me next week for more comfortable yet in-depth conversation. Have a great week. Thank you.